This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So, let's say you're into yoga or Pilates. Or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us. With whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type 2 collagen. Make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the Stretch and Flex smoothie in tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. When you get a ticket for not wearing your seatbelt, it comes from the police. And from your mother. And your best friend. And your family. We want you to buckle up every trip, every time. Three out of four people ejected from a vehicle in a crash will die. If you won't do it for yourself, do it for us. We like having you around. Click it or ticket. A message from the Michigan Office of Highway Safety Planning. To the Friday forecast. Thank God, international football is done. That's it now to the summer. We have to get back to the proper stuff now. I'll talk about the Premier League and nothing else for a little while. So tonight, I am joined by the returning Pete from For Fox's Sake podcast, and joining us for the first time, we've got Conan from uh, Villa podcast, and my partner in crime, Avi, here again as always. How are we all, gents? Yeah, good sound. Did we all enjoy our international break? Oh, I can't can't get enough of the Luxembourgs and the San Marinos and all that. It, it it's what I live for. That's that's proper football. None of this Premier League stuff. None of this. No, man. So, sorry, Chris. Are you are you trolling me right now? You know I'm from Ireland, and you're asking me that I enjoy my international break. <laughs> Listen, I haven't I haven't started on Villa yet, so you know. I'll, I'll break <laughs> in a, gently. That's a yellow card offence already for Pete. The, the only thing I enjoyed about the international break was that Villa didn't lose. Unfortunately, Ireland lost the whole time as well. I mean, to be fair, as a Liverpool fan, we're undefeated in five ga- five weeks now. We're quite <laughs> impressed. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, you got to take the win to they come. Pete's Pete's out there all smug, going, oh, "We just went over." It's just what we do. Honestly, it's it's interrupted one of the best seasons of all time. I don't know. It's it's been the worst couple of weeks of my life. It's terrible. You you speak for yourself. It's been quite good for us. (laughs) So, just before we get any further, um, 
here at the Friday Podcast, we want to pass on our condolences to, uh, to Claude's family. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, Claude obviously was a very popular YouTuber, particularly known for his work on AFTV, very passionate Arsenal fan, who sadly uh, passed away a few days ago. So we'd just like to pass on our condolences to his friends and family, you know, because it's a very difficult time for them. Uh, Avi, anything you want to add? Yeah, no, just uh, just echoing your words, Chris. We did a show yesterday with, um, with Lee Gunner and um, Turkish, who are Arsenal fans, and they were just they said some beautiful words with Claude. And it's just it's just a shame, isn't it, that he, he was like one of the first sort of pioneers with AFTV and the way they sort of first sort of started. And you know, it's given sort of people like myself, like our, you know, it's given me the confidence to express my views on podcasts and you know, allowing us having my sort of having that confidence to come on sort of live podcasts and football shows and stuff. So it's a big loss and it's not just for Arsenal fans, opposition fans as well. I mean, I think genuinely they appreciated the content that was coming out, you know, and there was a great common camaraderie between himself and the other members of the AFTV team. So yeah, thoughts and prayers with um, his family and friends. I agree. I agree. Well said, mate. Right. So let's go into the first game. So the first, um, I'll be honest, there are many big games this weekend. So the probably more interesting games, we're going to go with the Monday night game of Wolverhampton versus West Ham. Wolves, they need to turn it around at some point. I mean, we know who they're missing, but, you know, they've got quality there. And West Ham, who, like about Lou, David Moyes, he's, he's gotten to where they are. They are currently fifth in the league and, you know, they do really, really well. So, Pete, how are you seeing this game going? It's a really interesting game for me. Wolves, I completely agree, but they do have a quite a nice run of fixtures. Their next five or six games do look fairly kind, but uh, we know the main problems with Wolves this season. They've obviously had uh, tremendous problems uh, injury-wise, maybe not numbers of other clubs, but in terms of key personnel. And it's a little bit of a, an evolution with bringing in quite a lot of youngsters and uh, knowing that they're going to be a, a secure Premier League club. It's probably that season that teams who have been promoted and have gone through a couple of years, they do need that kind of transition from the team, essentially, that got them promoted. So there's no problems there. But I'd, I'd imagine they'll be looking to really kick on over the next, say, four or five games. But for West Ham, it's a really, really intriguing game because as much as they're looking ahead and looking forward, at maybe qualifying for the Champions League, they've also got to look behind them as well and, and, and see who's actually going to be rivaling them and catching them for... Um, for those Champions League possible places. And you look behind him, you've got the likes of Tottenham with a relatively, what looks on paper, easy game. And then you look ahead of them and you look at teams already in the places for the Champions League, the likes of, say, Chelsea, nearest to them, and they've got a relatively easy game. So it's, it's a difficult game for them because eventually it will come to the point where have they got it? Have they got it upstairs? Have they got... And people use the word bottle all the time, but I don't think it's the case with... Uh, with West Ham, but they'll be, they just need to keep up their pace if they're going to qualify. I don't think they will, um, but this game, I think they do have a chance, certainly, of picking up points. They just look like all rounds, they're very stable, very solid, but also they do have the likes of Lingard, they do have the likes of Antonio, which um, against a wall side that's possibly missing their goalkeeper. Um, I think they might just have enough to possibly take the three points in. I'm going to go for West Ham. And also, just to kind of round off what I was saying about the Hammers, I actually think that they will be in the conversation for those top four places fairly late in the season. I know there's, there's only, what, seven or eight games to go. But I think when you get to the real crunch last three or four games, I still think they actually will be 
in with a chance. Um, I, I think they are a very solid side and I'm going to go for an away win. I think Lingard's form in the Premier League is just too good to ignore and if they don't have their goalkeeper, I think Wolves' defence, the effect that will have on what is a good defence might just be enough for West Ham to take it. I'm going to go for a 1-0 Hammers win. Um, I think they're a very good side, West Ham. Cool. I'm getting a lot of love for my shirt at the moment. Uh, those of you interested, uh, this shirt's actually from one of our sponsors from all the shows, uh, 3 Retro. So if you are looking for a retro shirt, uh, they're a good place to go for you. So, uh, Conan, how are you seeing uh, Wolves versus West Ham? I actually have the exact same score in as you, Pete. Sorry for uh, jumping on that bandwagon, but mostly because um, I- I've watched too many Wolves games this season for my sins, and they're mostly boring. Like, you know, Nuno Espirito Santo is a lovely fella, obviously a good manager, but he's incredibly reductive. Like, his his team shape, his game plans, they're all based around not conceding, basically. It's always... The first thought that he has in his head is, how can I stop the opposition? And he does it really well. But when a team comes to Wolves, and usually they do, you know, and they're not willing to open up, I think Pep Guardiola is still the only manager who is silly enough to basically bend over for Nuno. Like, they find it incredibly tough because they don't, they never seem to think of a way of getting through these opposition teams. And that's why I have 1-0, because... David Moyes did a good job, right? And I, I, again, I don't want to take away from the job he's doing, but there was a game earlier in the season, and this is when Antonio was out. And I looked at the West Ham bench, and they had Lanzini, and they had Ben Rama, and they had Yarmolenko. I was thinking, where, how did they get this team? Where did this come from? Or this was the squad that they had. And it was clear then that all of a sudden West Ham were were a force to be at least noticed, if not reckoned with. And he has done a good job to keep that going. Now they've added Lingard, who <laughs> I'm just waiting for Lingard to eventually stop. But he, he hasn't stopped. He scored five and seven. At the start, I was justifying a lot of those majors for him because his first two goals were against Villa. And I remember those two goals. They were they were two mistakes by Emmy Martinez. So I, I wasn't counting them in my head, but he's added three since then. You know, he's kept going. He's brought it into the England camp. West Ham have good options. David Moyes is now doing a good job. And as we say, like he, he can keep that going. I do agree. And they've got the depth there if they need it. Okay, okay. So, Avi, are you going to give West Ham any chance? Looking in the comments, most people have got 1 0, 1 West Ham, 2 1 West Ham. Uh, ben Brady's on the fuse, actually got Wolves down, 2 1 Wolves, Neto double. What are um, you saying? I, I'm, I think with Wolves this season, I think he's had a bit of an identity crisis um, with the team. Um, Nuno has, I think, especially with Jimenez, because he was probably, he probably thought that he would, you know, give him another 38 games in the season. And now all of a sudden he, you know, he suffered a poor injury, the poor bloke. But, and from there, he's just sort of got muddled up with what he wants to do. So it might just be go back to the summer, refresh, you know, take yourself time take time off and come back, you know, with new ideas and whatnot and sort of change the way they play because they've got to adapt to when they do suffer serious injury like that. Like the players that are coming in, like Fabio Silva still young, isn't he? Still 19, still finding his way in this, you know, in the premiership, which is difficult because the speed and whatnot. So he's still catching up with that. So I think this will be a draw. I think Delwyn Jones said 1-1. So I'm, I'm going for 1-1. And West Ham, I think Moyes, it's, I think it's for a club like West Ham, it's benefited them having no fans. Because yeah. we know what the hammers are like, especially the fans that like. So even going back to Upton Park, even if it was nil nil, the fans would be on the back, whether it was 
Moyes, Allardyce before him, and managers that have come previously, even Harry Redknapp going back to the 90s. But it's benefited them because it's sort of like he's been patient. He doesn't need to, he doesn't get nervous to change tactics or bring players on. So I think if anyone's benefited this season, it's probably been West Ham and probably United as well. So but I'm going to go with a 1 1 draw. I just think it's going to be, I think West Ham will get an early goal, but I think Wolves will get one back. Cool, cool. Okay. Uh, I've, well, I think I'm the exception to the rule that I actually think Wolves will do. We'll get something. Uh, I've got Wolves down for a two-one. I just feel it's. So, I just feel Neto and David Moyes at some point always reverts to being David Moyes, and it's this sort of game where David Moyes has generally made a mistake with them. So uh, I'm going. I'm playing the average. So I'm going to go with two-one to Wolves. Um, so quick fire round. Uh, Chelsea West West Ham. West Ham West, West Brom even. West Brom. Chelsea West Brom. What are you saying? Chelsea West Brom. Uh, I'm gonna. Oh, it's got to be home win, and it's got to be whatever the score, whatever you think Chelsea are going to score, however many goals you think they're going to score, uh, it's going to be nil at the other end, isn't it? It's something to nil, and I think um, I just think it's going to be a fairly solid routine two nil win with another probably couple of bad uh, team of Werner misses. But there we go. There we go. Got up. What are you say? Did you see that Big Sam quote today where he was talking about if if we go down, I'm still keeping the job next season? And I thought, if we go oh, down, oh, what, what planet are you on? Like, you know, you're, you're gone, mate. Um, 3-0, three, three Chelsea, I have. Avi? Yeah, I'm going with the Werner Brace. I think he'll score two tomorrow. That's that's bad when you're thinking that. I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to I'm going 2 nil Chelsea. Here's one for you. When will Sam Allardyce walk out? Because he has this record of he's never been relegated as a manager, and he's got the biggest e- one of the biggest egos around. When do you think he walks out? I think he'll stick it out. Sorry, guys, I'm just going to chime in. I think he'll stick it out. I think he'll take take him back to the championship and then bring him back up again. I really do. What has he ever done that? He's never done it, but it's he's got to break that tradition once in a while. Uh, Miracles do happen, Chris. Miracles do happen. Remember that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I will be sarcastic one week. <laughs> Pete, do you think he, do you think he sees up the season, or do you think he walks before the relegation is confirmed? Oh, he goes, and um, what he will do, he will go twenty four hours before the final game. Yeah. So, so he could, it's the, the ultimate trolling, essentially. Um, he'll yeah. he'll never mention it at all. He'll never mention it, and all of a sudden, twenty four hours before that last game, he'll go. Yeah, yeah. And, and Big uh, Sam's never been relegated. That'll still be the stat. Yeah, that, and I think that's something that he uh, he just <laughs> wants. And, uh, brilliant. Have a brilliant. Uh, he'll go when the gravy gets cold, which is uh, sums mm-hmm. him up perfectly. Uh, Leeds Sheffield United, bit of Yorkshire derby. Pete, what are we think in Yorkshire derby? Uh, Sheffield United, when they turned up at Leicester a few weeks ago, uh, the first game since um, since Wilder went, they they were a complete mess. They were all over the place, and it was just a matter of time um, until they conceded. And when they did, there was just no fight there, and. All Leicester needed to do was generally move the ball across the park pretty quickly and it was easy to control the game. Looking down the Premier League, if away from the relative, say, top four or five clubs, if you were to pick one team who you think could do that to the greatest effect, it probably would be Leeds. Um, I, I do worry about their pitch. Their pitches are very good, but I still think, um, I still think Leeds can and will... Um, rip them apart essentially uh, they'll, just, they'll work them over uh, Rafinha's I think is a great player I think he's got um, hopefully ideas of move, moving away from Leeds at the end of the season I know 
there'll be a lot of Premier League clubs who'll be interested in him, but I can see him fitting absolutely perfectly at Leicester. Um, if they would accept a, a bid from Leicester, you know, we shall see, but uh, that's probably quite uh, far-fetched. I can't see anything but a good, convincing home win. I think Sheffield United need the season to finish. Um, and I can see this being a big score. I'm going to go for the big five. I think they're going to win 5-0. Um, oh. I, I, just, I can just see Leeds moving that ball quickly and Sheffield United just not having a chance. Uh, so, you know, it might be out there, but I'm going to go 5-0. Rafinha to have a bit of a field day, I think. Do you get a contract on all these TV then? They'll be made up with a 5 nil. Uh, Avi, what do you, you say for this one? Yeah, I'm going to go with... Um, funny enough, you never know with Sheffield United because Wilder's gone now. Remember, they always have that effect, isn't it? When a manager goes, that team sort of relishes and they get up for that sort of one game and they start putting a surprise on. But I think tomorrow it will be a, ran- it will be a, um, it will be a Leeds win. It will be um, business as usual. I think 3-0, going with Leeds 3-0 at home. Yeah, looking at the console, uh, Rajiv 3 0. Avro's got a 1 1. I've seen 4 0 from Football Daily. So, you know, quite a few good ones there. Kanan, what's, what do you think of this one? I think this is such a shame, isn't it, that there there are no fans. This is exactly the sort of game on a Saturday that you would be tuning into, like, you know, nice afternoon. As you say, Yorkshire Derby, there, w- there would be sparks flying no matter what Sheffield United situation is. But. This podcast is brought to you by Progressive. Are you thinking more about how to tighten up your budget these days? Drivers who save by switching to Progressive save over $700 on average, and customers can qualify for an average of six discounts when they sign up. A little off your rate each month goes a long way. Get a quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National annual average insurance savings by new customers surveyed in 2020. Potential savings will vary. Discounts vary and are not available in all states and situations. Listen there, like the, the Leeds pitch is disgraceful. And Isn't it? I don't know at what stage, like there are no fans. Like what why are they persistent on playing there? <laughs> you know, the, the ground is terrible. Like they'd be better off moving down to Leeds University and playing there, where like the, <laughs> the surface is better because at this stage it's it's a terrible spectacle. And I do not know how a, a Marcelo Bielsa team is happy playing there as well. Like their their whole game plan is on running and energy and being intense for 90 minutes and if they can't run, if they're slipping every time they're trying to do that, it does not suit them. Like, if this was Sam Allardyce hitting the ball into the air, it would suit them perfectly, Sean Dyche. But, um, yeah, like I, I'm, I'm going to go for, for Leeds to win, just because I think uh, it's a good point that Avi makes. I think a, a manager can obviously get them going. I think it'll be 3-1 to that, and I think Sheffield United will get a goal. Yeah, but um, Leeds are... Only Leeds are more of a Jekyll and Hyde team than Villa. I think between the two of them this season, they've played... 57 games and eight of the eight of those matches have been draws outside of that they've just won or lost one or lost both of those teams are night and day so you don't know which team will show up and that could be feeding into to Avi's mantra as well but I still I still think Leeds will I think it'll be 3-1 yeah <laughs> good good uh, I've gone 3-0 Leeds I just I think as mad as Leeds are and they are a bit of a mad side they're great to watch when you're not playing them uh, but this just feels like routine. Sheffield United just look like a club that need the season over. I think they're already planning for the championship. Um, without Jack O'Connell, I just think their defence was doomed once they lost Jack O'Connell. I think that was their, the biggest loss for them. So, final quick fire game. Uh, Southampton-Burnley. Southampton, who are a very strange side. They've had some great results, and then they get they, they throw in the odd 9-0, because they, they like a 9-0. Now they're currently languishing in 14th. It wasn't that long ago. They were like 6th. 
It's ever yeah. since they it's ever since they beat us, Chris. That's been their curse. It's ever since they beat us, they they, they just went on a damn spiral. I think that's I think that's when you predicted another big win for Liverpool. I think that also is the uh, the common theme we've <laughs> noticed. Uh, I think Pete was actually that was the last show Pete was on. I think when you predicted uh, the big Fulham win, but we won't talk about yeah. that. Pete, how are you seeing this one? This is a really really difficult game to to try and not just preview, but if you were to say Burnley, you could put a load of arguments for that. If you could say Southampton, you could say the same, or even a low-scoring draw. I, I, I've said many, many times about Burnley that, um, that I really like Burnley. I like the way that they play because it's, it, it's the Burnley way. It's the way that they go about things. And, and I think they can go and get something from Southampton who um, they're going to have one eye on the FA Cup semi-final against the good selves. And it's... Uh, it's not the sort of team that you want to kind of turn up and play after a an international period, I think. I think Burnley will turn up and you know that they're going to play um, their game. They're going to put the same amount of effort that they put in all the time. They're going to be big, they're going to be physical. And unless you're on your A game, um, you're going to be in for a real tough game. That being said, if Southampton play to their A game, to their best, then overall they should win the game because they are a better side and they do go on these mad runs, don't they, Southampton, in both senses of the name, because they can beat anyone in the league, they can get themselves out of trouble, and not just get themselves out of trouble, but then they go and look like they're going to qualify for Europe. Next thing you know, they're losing 9-0 on a couple of occasions. It's, it's incredible, really. Um, I'm going to go for an away win. Uh, big Burnley fan, so it's going to be a away win. It's going to be low scoring. In fact, actually, I'm going to change. I'm going to go 2-1 Burnley. Um, land of the Giants up top. Um and I think it's going to be uh, the Wood Show. Big fan of uh, of the former Leicester player, but I'm going to yeah, go for an away win. I'm going to go for two one Burnley. Um, maybe just catching the Saints slightly cold after some of their players coming back. And uh, again, I think a club like Southampton in their position, i.e., nothing really to play for in the Premier League, they're going to already have uh, a look at what's going to happen at uh, at Wembley in, in a few weeks' time. So uh, Burnley to hopefully start a run of really bad form for Southampton leading up to that semi-final. Okay, uh, Conan, what are you saying for Southampton versus Burnley? You have to stop letting Pete go ahead of me. I've got 2-1 as well. Um, I'll, I'll, swap, yeah. I'll, I'll swap you around next time. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> you can see from the comments there as well, it's just it's sort of split, isn't it? They're... they're um, their points total is exactly the same. You're right. I, I I sometimes fall into the trap of it's too easy to poke fun at Sean Dyche and and that state of play. But like it suits Burnley and like they they are uh, they're a team of of lower resources. Like you know they're they're a team of limited quality and and when that works, like I watched them play Villa and they scored three goals. Uh, you know and and I couldn't complain about any one of them really. Like you know they they got the best out of their team that night and. Villa, I thought, like, obviously, I, I would think that they threw it away, but Burnley were a team who maximised exactly what they had. And I thought, like, you know, if that was my team, I would be very proud of them. You know, so in a sense, I do have a, a bit of respect for them as much as I think they, they they bore me sometimes, or it's like, okay, you know, let's let's get another team in here. But, um, I mean, there has to be room for that in sport as well. We can't just have everybody doing exactly the same. And, uh, yeah, I think it's a quick fire around business, so I'll just say 2-1 and shut up. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, I'll be really quick. I'm gonna go with. The, I'm gonna go opposite to what these boys have said. I'm gonna go two one Southampton, and uh, I think uh, Minamino will score tomorrow too. Of course, mm. you do. 
He's never just for those who don't know, Avi has never forgiven Klopp for not picking Minimal since we beat uh, Crystal <laughs> Palace seven nil because he scored in a seven nil game. Um, he's the next Messi now, and he should be playing every week. <laughs> um, I mean, you'd be all right, Avi. You can watch him at Sevilla next year, so you'd be all right. Uh, I also have two. We've, I have two. Also he scored on international duty as well last week against um, Mongolia. So what in a fourteen nil win game? Brilliant. Do you know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've got a break. opposition. I'd fancy myself to score in that game. To be honest, when it's fourteen nil, yeah, I didn't want fancy the game. Uh, I also have two odds fancy uh, because Danny Ings is back, and one thing that Danny Ings does is just score goals. He's um, if he. Hadn't the pick of that injury, I think he would have been in the England squad in the, for the current internationals. So uh, I think two one just because of the Danny Ings factor. Is that right. Man City's Man City's number nine? Danny Ings. Alleged? Well, no, apparently not. No, because uh, Pepper said they can't buy uh, they can't buy a striker. So he said money's gonna, tight. Money's so tight. This half for City. So they're going to get rid of Aguero and um, just stick just stick what they've got. So that, that's what they're going to do. Yeah. If you believe that, you'll believe anything. <laughs> yeah. uh, you should never have let Ings go, Avi. Yeah, true. Yeah, it looks like that. I mean, the problem with the sound with Ings was um, he he looked like someone who needed to run the games, and after that knee injury, he just yeah, he was never he's never going to get it. It was a perfect choice. It's a perfect move for him, but I could see him. You know, Southampton do well to keep hold of him this summer. I think I think a certain um, Rogers Brendan Rogers will be looking at Danny Ings this summer. I think so. Oh yeah, he's he, he, put his way, he'll be, he'll be a very good signing for Leicester. There, there is a real circle going on with Southampton and Liverpool, isn't there? It's just in one door, out the other. And it, you know, when, when you sign a player from Southampton, do you get like a return fare and you just send another player back down? You know. Well, we've had to we've had we had to suck up a lot to them as well after the Van Dijk uh, fiasco of the summer of 2017. So there's been a lot of um, giving them players back. Us taking a few from them. I don't think we've taken a player from them, have we? Since um, is Van Dyke, wasn't it the last player? Van Dyke's the last one. Uh, we, yeah, we've, seen we've of, given him Minamino Ings, yeah. Yeah, we've lost outside and loads of I think they uh, they won't accept <laughs> that anymore, unfortunately. <laughs> right, so the next big game is uh, Villa versus Fulham. So Conan's raring to talk about this one, so he could go last. Uh, Avi, <laughs> yeah, yeah to, uh, I, I did want to actually speak about this, not just because Conan's on and he's a Villa fan, but oh, Dean Smith. Dean Smith. No, I think Dean Smith, he, we hear about the stories of Brendan Rodgers and the Sean Dyches, what great jobs they've done and whatnot. I think Dean Smith doesn't get the credit that he deserves. I mean, last season, you know, you, you, you scrape, scrape through safety. Um, but the nucleus of players he's kept, he's got a tune out of Jack Grealish when you thought his sort of lifestyle outside the pitch was getting a bit wayward. He's controlled that. He's maintained to keep Jack Grealish. Um, because there should be clubs out there who are ready to pay 60, 70 million for him because he has the quality. And I think Dean Smith is one of the most underrated managers in the Premiership. And when you think that we've got Gareth Southgate as the England manager, you think, why why won't like managers like Dean Smith have a chance? Because they they give you the they give the young players the confidence to go out there and express themselves. He's done wonders with Ollie Wat- Watkins and obviously Jack Grealish gets deployed. It's, but players like Douglas Louise, he's got tunes out of them. Esri Konsa, like Matty Cash, who was a great signing from uh, Nottingham Frost. I think he's another great gem um, at right back. So I think Dean Smith deserves a lot of credit for the work that he's done. And then people say, Oh, but can you take him to the next level? Well, he's taken him to a next level to a point where they're in the top 10 right now. So the next level would obviously be top six, top eight, but give him the chance. I hear people saying, oh, Gerard, this, he, he could get a job at Villa, but why would you get rid of a system that's working right now? 
you know, you've got Dean Smith, you've got John Terry in the setup, you know, and everything's seeming, seemingly, you know, working well. So I just wanted to say that on Dean Smith, very underrated manager. And I think a routine win for Villa against Fulham. I think they will win, even though Fulham have improved under Scott Parker in recent weeks, months. I think Villa will win this. I think uh, 2-1. Okay. I love that, by the way, Avi. Can we just snippet this out and send it on to me? Just so oh, I I'll, send, I'll my, send it to you later on, yeah. My phone, yeah. yeah. Sorry, give it five minutes. We'll be selling off your squad in a minute. <laughs> uh, Pete, how are you seeing this game? Well, I'll echo, echo the, uh, the comments there, really, about um, about the manager. Very good. Uh, and uh, Kuma actually mentioned uh, in one of the comments whether it would be um, Dyshaw or Rogers. Obviously, Rogers all the time, you know. Actually, he's done very well at Burnley, but I wouldn't have him as a, <laughs> as, a as a manager. But... Um, this game is a re- this is a really interesting game because Fulham have really got their act together. Um, again, in talking about managers, the way that Scott Parker has managed to to change his side in a way from the start of the season, and not only in terms of style, in terms of shape, but also um, to then make them more solid, to get them a, a footing into the Premier League, and also then to start to chip away. Uh, trying to claw them way out of trouble, and to do that on a consistent basis, that, that's that's a very very um, uh, well. It's, it's difficult to do, but you can go on runs. You can go on small runs as a team. You can go and win three games or whatever, and all of a sudden find yourself in with a chance of surviving. But to have a huge chunk of the season where you've progressed all the time and you can see it even if you only see Fulham every now and again you can see them and I always say that the first game it happened was at the King Power when they turned up and beat Leicester hands down and Leicester were fine they were absolutely fine that day beaten by the better team and everyone said what a big shock it was and I kept saying well it wasn't really a shock they played very well they deserved it and and I'm going to go for an away win here because of what they need in this season they need um, the three points. I think they'll get it. Villa, I'm not too sure whether Grealish will start. I think he'll play. Obviously, we'll find out a bit more information in the second. But uh, without him, they're just missing that spark going forward. The dr- the goals have dried up naturally without Grealish. They've had a tremendous season. Um, it's very easy to look at Villa and go, they've run out of steam. I don't think they've run out of steam at all. They're just missing their best player, quite frankly. And the spark's gone up front because of that. The, the goals have dried up. They'll be back once he's flying again, Grealish. And I think he will be because he's, he'll be looking at the summer and going, yeah, have a good end of the season. He's in the England squad, maybe even in the first team. So I'm going to go for an away win. I think this is going to be a very good game. Lots of goals. I'm going to go for 3-2 to, um, to Fulham here. Um, maybe Grealish coming on for the final 30 minutes and, and just showing everyone what, uh, what he can do once again. But uh, I want to go for an away win. No offence. Oh, you've just broken Conan's heart there. Um, one that might you, uh, Super Tiger said, Martin is arguably the signing of the season, uh, which is probably not a bad shout. I mean, there is generally a point we'll get to the Arsenal game. Did Arsenal let the wrong keeper go? There is, you can probably have that debate about it. Uh, so, Conan, uh, me and you obviously have a, have a little bit of a back and forth on social media and WhatsApps about you, <laughs> about players. Um, you said uh, Cons has just signed a new contract, which, to be honest, is a, a big plus for Villa because. Um, I do think a lot of clubs were talking about it. I mean, me and Avi were saying pre-internationals, uh, we were surprised he hadn't got an England call-up because mm. we thought he must be pretty close. I mean, I would argue he's playing better than uh, Mings, That's, which is why I was surprised um, he got in, you know, from the outside looking in. Uh, the other question is about uh, Louise in the middle. Um, there is talk of okay. a buyback clause to City. Is that correct? 
It is, and it's it's cheap. I think it's twenty five million. Um, so it's it's not great. The oh, you'd be you'd be okay. City haven't got any money apparently, so <laughs> yeah. you don't you don't need to worry about that. The the good and the bad thing about that is that Douglas Luiz has not been good over the last nine games or so. So he's probably played himself out of Pep Guardiola's ideas. But um, <laughs> obviously we wish he'd be, he'd be playing better. <laughs> yeah, it's a tactical move. Yeah, the the. The Martinez point there to somebody made is good. Like, yeah, I think he's one of the signings of the season as well. But he's somebody I think that sums up this villa at the minute. So Avi's talked brilliantly about Dean Smith, and I can't even top it. Um, I, I love Dean Smith. I can't speak highly enough of him. But I think Villa as a club just have their act together a little bit. They remind me they're they're like Liverpool only further down the road, like a, a sort of bargain basement Liverpool, you know, where they the whole way through the club they have the the right structure in place and they're making the right moves and they yeah, like they, they, they seem like they know what they're doing all over the shop. And when I saw Martinez being bought, I was like, great, but you know, we have Tom Heaton. And, and you know, I, I was thinking we, we don't need a keeper, even though Tom Heaton was going to be missing for the first eight, nine games of the season, which you think about it now, it's almost a third of the season that I was willing to just write off. And not only that, you brought on a keeper who just upgraded the, the squad instantly. You know, you've got Tom Heaton on the bench. Like, you know, and Matt Cash is another example. I think I think I mentioned him as well, where he sounds so naive now when you look back, but I thought... <laughs> some cars are comfy on the inside, but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower, but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package... The only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. We've got Fred Gilbert and El Mohammedy. <laughs> you know, we don't need a right back. And you bring in Matt Cash. And again, just everything upgrades. And this guy is like, like he's supposed to be like, he, he was a converted winger from Nottingham Forest. And now he's just, the brain this lad has as, as, a, as a defender, like he isn't even doing much going forward. And we don't need him to do that. He's just, so tuned in, his, his interceptions are, are through the roof. He's, he's tough, he's up for it. Like, he's just one of those players that everybody instantly loves because, like, yeah, you, you know, he's putting his heart on his sleeve. Um, and like, yeah, we're, we're talking about Grealish, like, he has been missing. I, I, I wouldn't rule out Fulham from this game either because even when Grealish was there for a few games just before he got injured, like, Villa have not been going well for too long a time now, and it's been. It's been infuriating to watch, and it's it's again, like I said, night and day earlier on. It's not been the same Villa from the first half of the season, and this may be to be expected. They definitely, obviously, they they overachieved in the first half of the season. But the problem with that is that all Villa fans, we didn't just realign our expectations. It was almost like we needed to keep pushing on because you keep talking about Grealish, like, and it's hard for me to enjoy. Jack Grealish, even though he signed a new contract, but it's hard for me to enjoy that because I'm always worried about when he's going to leave or who's going to take him. And when Villa were sniffing around the top four this year, it was like, Christ, if we can get into the top four, then we can definitely keep him. We can add in somebody. We bought Barkley, played four good games, turned out to be shit. You know, but but it's like... That's, that's, we, that's the norm with Barkley. It's always... It's almost as normal as saying uh, Mourinho lasts less than three seasons. It's, <laughs> yeah. uh, everyone's, everyone goes, I've seen the story before. The only thing that yeah. changes is the club. No, the good thing about Barkley at the time was like, oh, that's, that's a statement sign. And even though it was unknown, it was an England international at yeah, the time. Yeah. 
coming in. But I was thinking, right, we can get rid of him, but maybe we can get in somebody that same caliber if we get top four. So the whole time it was like, we need to get there. We need to get there. Now we're, we're never getting there. So it's a shame. But like I say, like you mentioned Kanza, uh, like he, it's, it's right that you talked about Mings. Like Kanza has been way better than Mings this season. There was a report that United were looking to buy Mings. Uh, earlier in the year and I was like oh god like you know, don't take Mings <laughs> you know we're, we're all thinking that as long as Konza can stay and then yeah, of course me and, Liverpool, me, and, me and Avi were after Konza well he Liverpool just, the smarter he just, he, yeah. just looks, he just looks the better player he's, he's far better well he's been far better to see like I know Mings when he's at it yeah, he's yeah. always in class but he's not always at it like Konza has been flawless this season he's, he's rapid across the ground he played right back after the restart last year you know so he's a good ball player as well Hasn't made one mistake. He's just been class. And yeah, of, of course it was Liverpool who, who were the ones who were tuned in. They think, no, give us the give us the 23-year-old who's way better. We'll take him off you. Mm-hmm. You know, but like they give him a new contract. They, they already have a new contract for Mings, for McGinn and for Grealish. You know, so if if they do lose these players, they're going to get a, a lot of money for it. So yeah. it's good to see that the whole way through the club. But um, rather than me turning this into an Aston Villa podcast, I'll just tell you that with Jack Grealish back, I think, I can't foresee a scenario where he'd be on the bench. Like the players have shown that they have just been waiting for him to come back. And that's, that's very much depressing. Like, you know, that they're just waiting for their main man to come back. I know it's tough to play without him, but they're supposed to be players with ambitions of their own. I thought they would at least show that they were mid table capable team, but their form has been relegation form since Grealish has been gone. Um, so I think Smith will just get him back in. Like he's been saying that he'll be back next week, next week, next week for the last seven games. And now that he's had a week's training under his belt, he's had all that rest, two weeks without any game for the team. I think he, he has to come back because we are clueless without him at the minute. Cool. So what's what score prediction are you going for? I'm going for two one Aston Villa. Two one cool. Uh I had a two nil Villa. Uh as good as uh, Fulham, Fulham under Parker have have been really good. I think despite losing today, I still think Villa will. Uh, sorry, I still think Fulham will um, leapfrog Newcastle back before the last game of the season. I think so too. <laughs> and um, we'll get some Newcastle later. I got a lot of stick probably a few weeks ago when I I felt Newcastle were at risk of doing a Sunderland. And as the season's got on, I still feel that at that risk, I do worry for Newcastle if they go down. I'm not sure they can bounce back second time. Uh, not with the current owner they've got because he's yeah, a bit of a co- he's, he's a con man basically and it's it's a, it's a shame because I enjoy games against Newcastle when the fans come to Anfield they're great and it's they're a, they're a good really good club but they're just so badly mismanaged uh, whereas Fulham in fairness uh, were poor two years ago and this year they come up with a plan and they've got players to play in, in the right position to play to a system and they're playing really well I mean I think Anderson at centre back is. The main reason they're doing so well, uh, he just—he's a proper leader. He just keeps them solid, which I think is what they need. Shout anyway, out to the shout out, just a quick shout out to the owners, all because they've actually supported Parker in this. I know at the beginning of the season he was worried about signings, mm-hmm. and he actually there was a bit of an outburst from him that look, I don't have any say on the signings, but they've supported him, they've backed him, and if they do go down, to stick with it because yeah. he is a good young manager. If you sack him, his confidence. It, it, he doesn't prosper and other does the club. So stick with him and they'll be back up next season because they do have a identity. He like they you know what they're trying to do. It's just they they come up against better opposition, but you, you can see where they're going. Yeah, it's it's, it's the way that uh, when Fulham 
they identified really quite early in the season that things were just not going right absolutely whatsoever. So what does the board do? Do they change the manager to change the style of play? Do they change the players, etc.? No. The manager identifies it. He changes the style of play, the formation, and also the, the personnel. He changed pretty much everything, and he's got the results. And it, so it's, it's just hats off, really. Hopefully, they can survive I, I i want them to because that just mm. shows you it's the difference between a well-managed side and club compared to one that's a disaster mm. and you know really you want uh you want full yeah. stay up instead of newcastle yeah i mean look i've got no agenda against newcastle i've I, my i have more of an agenda with how they run and yes, i always exactly. like I, I also ashley is, a, is an owner who's got away with it and keeps getting away with it and you almost feel like look the fans don't want him he'd like to leave but no one's going to buy the club but do you know what? And maybe the relegation might actually finally just shock him off because he has got Rafa Benitez to try and bring him back up this time. And no disrespect to the, um, to anyone's fans. Leicester fans are great. I'm sure Villa fans are great. You know, our fans are great. But Newcastle fans, they don't deserve that. They've had a poor no. run of ownership throughout the years. They've had a lot of bad luck as well since Keegan days um, when Freddie Shepard and John Hall were in charge. They don't. They actually deserve good owners because that fan base, it's incredible. It's incredible, that fan base. 53,000 at St. James's Park is always rocking. And, you know, they just deserve a bit of luck. So hopefully it comes for them. Yeah, right. Before we go on to the last two games, a uh, bit of housekeeping from me. Uh, one is, um, if you like what we're doing, please hit the like button. Uh, it 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 does help. And if you do like what we're doing, uh, please subscribe. Um, tell family, family and friends. Subscribe when we get to ten k. And there is going to be a giveaway, which we are going to be giving away a PS five with the latest FIFA game, a uh, FIFA twenty one. Uh, so that is going to go to one of the subscribers when we get to 10k. I think we're at eight and a half. I think at the moment. So there's the there's an incentive for everyone. That, you know, t- chance for PS5, which you know, let's face it, you know, I think hard, it's ele- the hard ele- to come ele- by. Eleven hundred away. I think we've got eight point nine now. Oh. Eleven hundred away. So get subscribing, guys, please. Thank you. Good, good, good. And then the other two things is uh, Discord. Uh, we we are we do have a Discord uh, server. It, details are in the description below. It's great. It's hopping at the moment, and we've had some great ideas in the draft we did on Tuesday night, which went down really well, actually came from a Discord group, which someone said we suggested, can we do one because it's a quiet Tuesday? And, you know, Gav and Keith, you know, got it together really quickly. It was uh, it was great fun. Uh, and then the final thing is, as you as we keep pu- pushing it, the new website is live, lscdt.com. It's live. Uh, it's got uh, it's got mine and Avi's ugly mugs on it, you know, and it's got linked to Discord, linked to the shows. And there is also the, uh, the blog section where, if you want to write about football or you want to write an ask about Liverpool, just send it in, you know, and we'll, we'll, we'll put it up, you know, whether you're an aspiring writer or whether you've never written before, you know, there's loads of interesting stuff. We've got stuff from the fall of Italian football. We've got talks about um, Rod, the fact that there's an article on Rogers, which is very interesting. And then to talk on Bobby Firmino, you know, so it's very varied. It doesn't have to just be Liverpool centric. Some and uh, just quick sorry to chime in. Just there's articles, some great articles. Um, the Brendan Rogers one, the Trent one, the title one, and I think Rajiv Kumar put a Bobby Firmino one up a couple of days ago, which is a great read. Just a quick read, but it's really great detail. So, yeah, guys, just keep carrying on and writing articles because they are being read. Yeah, and I was just going to say there, lads, like I'm obviously I'm in Ireland here, but like I'm lucky enough to be getting paid to be writing about sport and, and producing sport content, but. That all started with uh, an Aston Villa blog that I just started on my own. It was on WordPress. And and I always say to people when I was an editor at a sports website then, like 
all I was looking for, I didn't care about the experience that people had. I just always wanted to see what they had written. And no matter where it is, if it's published and, and that, that practice of writing, honestly, cannot speak or preach about it highly enough. It's so important. And a blog like this is, is, is unreal opportunity for people. There you go. So that that's that's what, uh, anything else. Right. Before we get into for the last, the, the subject we we're going to talk about before we get into the games was random games that we love. So I asked the guys to give me a random game that they love. It doesn't have to be their club, or it could be a you know a game from another club. It's just just a bit of a random game. So, you know, I don't I don't like World Cup finals or Champions League finals or you know League Cup finals. It's kind of a a bit of a random game that means something to you. So Avi. What's your one? And I stress I, the word one. I thought it was great moments rather than games. I thought it was just general what we no, thought. No, if, if you read the agenda, it does say uh, game. I'm, I'm sorry, Pete, but I was going <laughs> to say one that had less say. But game was um, 2001, um, a long time ago, when I was a youth. Um, Barcelona versus Valencia Barca, at the Camp Nou. Barca needed to win to get into the Champions League. And they fell 2-0 behind Valencia. And then in the second half, Rivaldo scored probably one of the most most amazing hat tricks, um, and he finished the game with a ninety second minute overhead kick from the edge of the box. Absolute brilliant, and the fans went wild. You know the white tissues were out. Um, yeah, that's that's a great memory for me. Two thousand one, two thousand one was actually a great year all round. As a Liverpool fan, we did the treble, but that game always stands out for me as one of the greatest games I've ever witnessed. Cool. Yeah, Kieran's got it. Kieran knows. Oh, cool. Pete, what's yours? mine's actually not quite what happened during the game it, it was the effect it had um and it's a game between Tottenham Hotspur and West Bromwich Albion and what? when your team wins and you're at the ground you you go mad you score a goal you go mad you have that elation you watch your team on tv and you go mad you have that elation of the goals going in we all know how that feels if you're then going to go and win a league or win a trophy, it means more. But you still have that elation of the goal going in, etc. Now, that could be um, just jumping up and down, going mad, hugging someone, whatever. I have never felt physically ill apart from watching this one game. This was late in the season where Leicester won the league and Tottenham were the nearest rivals. They were winning 1-0 and West Brom scored a late goal to make it 1-1. After the, as soon as that final whistle went, in fact, it was the, about a minute before, my stomach had gone. I couldn't walk. My knees had gone, sweating, because it was gone. It, it turned from being something that might happen to this is actually happening. And my, I was at work. I had, to, um, I had to stop working. I phoned my dad straight away, who was running up the road to my uncle's house, crying. It had happened. Everything for that season was all about this is this might happen this might happen all of a sudden it wasn't happen spurs had slipped up they dropped points leicester they're gonna go and win the league and that realization was the best thing better than when hazard scored better than lifting the trophy it was a it was a game on a monday night between tottenham and west brom i have never felt like that ever the only other time that came close was possibly when Trippier scored that free kick for England. That was unbelievable. But I generally felt ill and I couldn't walk. My knees had gone. I felt re- that's weird. 
that that's weird. And it wasn't to do with Leicester. It was to you'd do thought, with. You'd have thought, you'd have thought West Brom had that effect on you. Exactly. Uh, so the other guy, so the guy showed here. So Rajiv's put in the uh, actually put in the Chelsea Tottenham game from 2016. That was, was a brilliant game. Yeah. Was it was elated when Hazard scored? It's amazing. Four uh, four at Goodison. Uh, and then we've also had the 2014 World Cup final. Uh, uh, okay, Conan, what is yours? 2015 FA Cup semi final, Aston Villa 2, Liverpool 1. Oh. Off. Get him off. Get him off. <laughs> I told you it was a bad idea, Bracky. <laughs> like, how could you not love a game where you're clinging on at the end? The fans are going crazy. Liverpool have you penned in. You, you think it's going to slip. And then Dejan Lovren lines up a 40-yard strike with his right Chris, foot. you're letting him get away with this. Literally, you are on our own channel. Uh, do you know what? Have you, it's like a, oh, it's, it's like when you've been like, a, it's, how can I put it? It's a horrible flashbacks because I can remember that. As soon as he connected, I, <laughs> I, my, my exact phrase was, fuck that. And I walked out. No, no, worse than that. I walked out the house. And my wife texted me, telling me, where are you? And I, I went. I, I had to go walking <laughs> off for half an hour because I was livid. I was probably most angry. 150 years of breakthroughs, milestones, and triumphs. 150 years of Children's National Hospital. 150 years of generous community support. You can give kids a future where they get freckles instead of chemotherapy and paper cuts instead of surgery. Children's National Hospital. 150 years stronger with your help. Please give today. Visit childrensnational.org slash 150 years. That's childrensnational.org slash 150 years. Villa deserved it though, Conan. Like, oh, yeah. day, Villa deserved it. They did yeah. actually deserve being yeah. us. We got it to 1 1, and to be honest, we were impressed. We got it, I was impressed we got it to 1 1 because, like, Christ, we were crap. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was the day, like, you know, Grealish really announced, it, announced mm-hmm. himself on the stage. That was the day that Ireland, I feel, lost Grealish because, <laughs> because Grealish realized. Shit, actually, I'm, I'm pretty good. I think I'll hang on for England, and and he did. Like you say, when Lovren connected with it, as soon as he started lining it up, I thought, oh, brilliant! Like I thought we were in big trouble, and then I saw Lovren lining it up. I thought, great! Like let him do whatever he wants to do on his right foot. But 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 that game is is something that I, that I love about football as well because the next season Villa got relegated, like. You know, I, I love that game because Benteke, Delph, and Grealish, they, they were just like a holy trinity at the time. I was obsessed with all of them. Delph ended up basically fecking us over. Like, you know, that that that, that hurt. Benteke left. Grealish, uh, as we mentioned earlier, started having off-the-food problems. Villa got relegated. The Tim Sherwood buzz didn't last. You know, we, we ended up, like, plunging into the depths as a club, but... Doesn't matter, like you know that that game. Even though we lost four 0 in the final to Arsenal, that game's remained untouched for Villa. Like you know, not, in a way, not to get so deep and emotional on a Friday night, but that's the beauty of football, isn't it? Like you just take those little those little moments with you, and like no matter what happened afterwards, that game is like perfect, and that day is perfect for Aston Villa fans, of course. Oh God, that's depressing. That <laughs> Navi, we're not having we're not having him on again. You know what's more depressing? You know what's more depressing than that? Buying yeah. Benteke that very same summer for like thirty million. That, that's what compounded. That just compounded everything after that. No, well. I actually, so, I get you know, so. I was, I was fine with signing Benteke. I was annoyed that we sold all the wingers because you kind of went. <laughs> you kind of sort of going. There's, there's a bit of a tactical issue here because said he's not going to like do interplay and you know run behind. That's not his game. It's 
just swing it in. Yeah. The, the so only the, thing the, I, I hated more about losing Benteke was losing him to Liverpool, who didn't really want him, and the fans who were like, ah, get rid of this boy. And I was like, oh my God, this guy was a god to us. He's never, reco- rid of him. He's never recovered, unfortunately, for him. Uh, the, the, only, the only other game really was um, w- would have been when England beat... Uh, Beat Holland four 0 in Euro ninety six because that oh, because that. because at, at that age you you kind of think that the Premier League and English football is just the best in the world and back the then. players that you the, you're watching especially from a Leicester fan point of view because we were just well brand new to that league and we were just getting promoted etc so these are all players that you've seen on TV and you're like of course these are the best players so when they're taken apart Holland you're like well of course they are this is just reinforcing what I've believed you know at the time I'm. I was um, I was fourteen. So, in in the years I've been watching football and watching the Premier League, I was like, of course they're the best. <laughs> they should be doing this all the time. And um, I, I remember that game vividly. It Brilliant was, game. Um, it, yeah. it, it was amazing. Sharingham and Shearer, wasn't it? Oh, it was a, yeah. But of course yeah, they did that. That's what they should be doing every time England play. Because it was yeah. that game we needed to age. score one more, and Scotland would have gone through the quarters as well. But we scored four, and they scored one, didn't they? Holland did score, I think, or did they score? Yeah, uh, Tim Sh- got one, four one, wasn't it? Tim Sherwood. T- uh, Teddy Sherman talks about it going. It's four nil. Scotland are through. He goes four one, and they're out. And he just smirked <laughs> and went. Where it goes, a walk. That was his uh, reaction. Uh, Kieran Thorne of a very good shout. Uh, Holland versus Argentina in 1998. Yeah. Burkamp, uh, I was obsessed with the Holland team in 98. Uh, I was convinced that, that was, they were finally going to win the World Cup. Uh, I was that, that goal as well. That goal was was a brilliant goal, but made an awful lot better by Barry Davis's commentary as well. Yes. Um, yeah. That makes that goal as well. Cool. So uh, my game is 19th of October, 2019. The League Cup, Liverpool 5 Arsenal 5. Oh, and yeah. quite frankly, um, it's not to do with the game as such. Uh, I think Liverpool went 3-5-4 on penalties. Jones scored. Uh, it was a ridiculous game. End-to-end, you know. Uh, the reason it means a lot to me is it was my daughter's only ever game at Anfield. So she was, so, you know, she's very young. You know, she's, she's been to a lot of the women's games, but she's never been to a men's game. So to see her go to Anfield, she was shocked at how big it was. And uh, I'm, she was so, because when it was like, Three one down. I said, "You okay?" She's like, "Well, I want them to win." So when it got to the her watching the penalty shootout, I was like, 19 goals in your first game," and it was just flashbacks for me to when I saw my I mean, my first game was a three one win against Southampton. It wasn't quite as exciting, but it's mm. great to watch a child. And when I when I was watching the game around me, I think a lot of scenes holders had given up the tickets for that game and gone, "Oh, I can't be asked for this game." So there was loads of kids, you know, mm. six, sevens, eights getting their first game. So. For me, it's a personal one because it's my daughter's first game, and she still talks about it now. You know, two years, two years later, she thinks it's she thinks every football game is going to be like that. Bless her, she's got a hor- you know, she's got a hor- horrible uh, reality when she realizes not all football is like that. I can't uh, believe speak- someone's I can't believe someone's first game had more goals than my four four Leicester against <laughs> Watford in nineteen ninety two. I can't believe someone's seen more goals in their first game. That's unbelievable. She absolutely, absolutely, you must have got home good. after midnight then, Chris. We ended up uh, staying at the in-laws who live in Liverpool because uh, traffic to get traffic to get from Liverpool was um, horrendous. So we um, I ended up staying over at my in-laws. It was just easier. Luckily, it was a half term, so that's that's the reason she got to go because it was half term. Uh, speaking of things that are horrible, um, there is a story now. Pinch of salt time because it is the Daily Mail, and it, well, need to say it's the Daily Mail. There is talk that England are going to go to the Euros without Jack Grealish, without. Jaden Sancho and probably without Trent, 
now look, I have my I have my Liverpool biases, but in my head I'm going. They are three of the more creative players that we have. They are what I would call X factor players. Even though Trent's probably not at the level he was last year, sure you want players like that at least in your squad rather than going for very reliable players. Now look, I could I could easily have got this wrong, but it feels a bit of an own goal by the England manager. Now I would say if it's true, because like I said, the source is the Daily Mail. I just wanted to know, you know, Pete, what are your what's your thoughts on this? I I smell BS massively. I think this mm. is um I think this is because of the holding midfield debate, the fact that there's there's two there, etc. I think what a newspaper like like the Mail and and what a lot of um well, not a lot of sites and, and, and especially newspapers will do is they'll look at that argument and then just basically fan the flames. And the fan in the flames means let's pick some players who aren't in the England squad this time around who I think are nailed on for a place if they're fully fit. Um, and let's just basically say they're not going to get picked and, again, try and build on this narrative of being too defensive. It just it, it smells of nonsense to me. Uh, I think um, you've got Grealish, who's arguably, possibly fully fit, should be in the first team, let alone in the squad, nailed on. you got Sancho, if he's fully fit, round to go, mm. nailed on. And Trent, fully fit, round to go, nailed on. And and also starts. So I think it's rubbish. I think the manager also has, uh, even though there is one thing with the Grealish, um, he's shown faith with those first two players. And then Grealish, you generally, you don't, you don't leave Grealish out at all. If you're not going to play him, fine. You put him on the bench because he's the first player coming off the bench. No worries. Playing different roles. So, yeah, I I think it's absolute garbage and I'd expect all three to be there. Good point. I've seen a few saying it, it, it is probably clickbait. It could very well be, but it has it has been it has been a subject that has been talked about, not just on, and this is not me saying because it's on social media, it must be true. It, it, you know, quite a few people are talking about, you know, my social group of friends. It's a thing we've talked about saying, and I think it says more about what people think about the, the current England structure is that everyone goes, I could see that. Not, you know, whereas if something like that came out about our, one of our clubs, you know, doing let's get rid of the three best players, we'd all go, no, because we know that's not how our clubs are run. But with this, everyone's going, well, it wouldn't surprise you. I think, uh, I think the, 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 Trent, the Trent thing will, will be interesting. He'll definitely go. Now, whether he starts or not, yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's, that's a different question. But you can't, uh, those three players, they're on that plane. They are. They're on the plane. You would have. I would have thought so. I thought there were common sense of those three were going. Although the plane's at Wembley, isn't it? So it's not. There's no. The plane, bus. But... <laughs> they're on the bus there. Conan, as you see it. Yeah, I just don't know if I'd be as confident in in Gareth Southgate's decision making. Like, uh, yeah, I would. I would love to think. I think Pete, you're right. Like, they, they should all definitely go. It shouldn't even be a question. I think it's. It says a lot that we're even talking about that. Like, you know, and I saw it in the Times as well. Like, you know, I know Henry Winter's got a lot of sources in the FA, and and normally, like, you know, he, he's, I, I, would, I would see it like from the outside that he's kind to them. So it's strange to me that he would write a piece saying he's going to leave out Grealish and Trent here. Like, mm. there's three right backs in the squad in the last camp there, and Trent Alexander Arnold didn't make it. They're, like, we were talking about cons earlier. There were five centre halves, one of them was Eric Dyer. <laughs> you know, Eric Dyer just wormed his way into the squad, and you know, not, not a word said about it. Good job, Matt's not here. Matt can't work out. He gets in the Tottenham squad. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't even make the Tottenham team anymore. Like Chilwell doesn't make the Chelsea team at the minute. Like there's there's inconsistency sort of lined throughout all of, mm. of Southgate's 
decisions, I think. And I think it's clear, to be honest, I almost lost energy sort of beating the Grealish drum when it came to England. Like, it, I'm just happy that everybody else sees it and sees it. It's so obvious that he, it, yeah, he should be very near the, the first team. I would definitely start him. It's hard to be too upset, you know, considering the embarrassing of riches that they have to, you know, if, for example, Sterling, Rashford and Foden plays. It's not like mm. th- this is outrageous, but Greta should obviously be a be an option. I think all three of those players is or without doubt players who should be there. But honestly, I I wouldn't put it past them. Like I, I can't I can't get over the fact that Greenish didn't make the squad until September. But they didn't mm. make the England squad until September. Like that, it didn't make his England debut until then, only because somebody else got injured and they eventually called him up and and brought him in. So wouldn't put it past it. He's now missed the, the entire March calendar. He seemed to love Jesse Lingard. Gave him three games there. Like Lingard, yeah. remember, hadn't played anything until he, he moved to West Ham and has played yeah. seven matches. Like he talks about Trent not not playing as well. Like Lingard's not playing. Trippier's not even playing. I mean, and, first uh, to Lingard, he I'll probably say the West Ham move done in the world of good. Yeah, no, that's right. like I don't I don't want to have a drive by on Lingard either. But like he just yeah. he seems to have his favorites, I suppose, is my point. Yeah, and, he has his he has his trusted lieutenants. Which to be fair. Every manager has them. Uh, Avi, we will get your view on it another time because I'm just seeing the time. We've still got two games to go through. So probably the big game for the weekend, uh, Leicester versus Man City, um, a game I am looking forward to. Conan, how are you seeing this one? I Sorry, Pete, I, ha- I have Man City 2-0. <laughs> um, I just, I love Brendan Rodgers. I think he's just getting better and better and better. I think Leicester are... It's incredible the, the consistency level that they've reached, but I just think City are just an unstoppable juggernaut at the minute, and I, I can't see them being stopped in this match. Okay. Abby, how are you seeing it? I think it's a big, big game for Brendan Rodgers. I know they're sitting at third for 56 points, but I think if they beat City, I think they'll go on definitely to con- secure top three, top four. I think a loss, I think it just brings a little bit of doubt with West Ham lurking, maybe Liverpool, maybe West Ham, um, Tottenham Hotspur. Lurking Spur, um, Chelsea 51. I think um, it's a big game for Brendan Rodgers, but I can see it being a draw. I think 1 1, which one, will one. suit both teams fine. Yeah. Uh, I have, uh, what have I got? I've got 2 1 City. Uh, I think it'd be a tight game, but I think City at the moment have just probably doing what Liverpool did last season. They're just finding a way, and these sort of big away games is where they sort of just about grind it out. I know what you're saying about Leicester. I mean, I think Leicester are in a comfortable position that one loss isn't going to kill them because uh, they've got themselves that cushion. Um, so I their running's quite well, bad, isn't it? Pete, you'll tell us their running's quite bad, isn't it? Leicester? Yeah, I mean, interestingly enough, after this Man City game, they played West Ham. Um, but their last three games, you know, you're talking Chelsea, Man United, Spurs. But this season, Leicester have uh, already beaten uh, Chelsea. They've already uh, beaten City. Manchester City. Um, they, they, they've got results against. The, the bigger sides in the Premier League, Liverpool, etc. So, like, um, with this game, you look back at what happened at, uh, early on in the season, Leicester winning 5-2, brilliant game uh, from a Leicester point of view. And it's, it is generally a free hit when you play Manchester City, the best side in Europe, in my opinion. I think it's the best time to play them. They've got one eye, maybe hopefully two eyes on Europe next week. Um, players coming back from different corners of Europe, just like Leicester. But again, they're coming back with then a look to probably the game in midweek, knowing that the Premier League is um, pretty much done and dusted. So I'll be interested to see how Leicester um, 
lineup. I think they'll go with the team that played in the last game purely because the two players who you might bring into the side, um, or, or should I say four players, in fact, who you probably would have in the first Leicester, uh, Leicester team if everyone's fully fit, we're still missing four, um, they won't be ready. Madison will be on the bench, he won't start, um, and Barnes is still a way off. Uh, Ricardo more than likely will come in at wing-back because we've now got the back three um, of Fafana, Soyuncu and Johnny Evans. I think Leicester will sit back, they'll do what they did at the Etihad and they'll say to Man City, come on in, you have a go because not only can we get you on the counter-attack but like the victory ese último McNugget me toca a mí porque soy la mayor. ¿Y eso qué tiene que ver? Los mayores se respetan. Eso no existe, ¿cierto, mamá? Ya, quédense tranquilas. Aquí hay otra cajita de McNuggets. Respeto, ¿viste? El no hay rivalidad cuando hay McNuggets deal. Hay un deal para cada salida familiar en McDonald's. Compra uno de tus favoritos, como unos McNuggets de 10 piezas, una Big Mac, una Quarter Pounder with Cheese o un filet fish y te llevas otro por un dólar. Por tiempo limitado, precios y participación pueden variar válido para un producto de igual o menor valor. In Manchester, that wasn't a smash and grab job. That wasn't a Leicester from 2016. That was genuine build-up play with Castagna, with Yuri Tillemans pulling the strings. And that game didn't have Madison until late on, scored a brilliant goal. Vardy with his hat-trick. I think Leicester are just going to sit back and say to them, come on, you come towards us. And... I'm not going to say that they'll, they'll be scared because it's Manchester City, but Pep Guardiola will know. He turned up in England and had a real rude awakening at the King of Power when Leicester won 4-2. Again, a Vardy hat-trick in 2016. I know that's a long time ago, but still, it's it looks a great game on paper. I think it's going to be a really good watch. Um, hand on heart, I'm going to go for a draw, right? Because it's Leicester. Um, if I had my betting head on or... You know, I'd, I'd more than likely go for probably like a 2-1 away win, really. But I think Leicester, in the form that they're in, with two up top, um, with Clechi and Acho, well, I think he's got a thousand goals in his last two games or something like that. You know, uh, the player <laughs> of the month, he's, he's, on, he's on absolute fire, which is great to see. Also, just a word on him, because everyone's focusing on him and saying that Vardy's not scoring. And he, yes, he is on a, on a bit of a run of... Uh, uh, of failing to bank but Vardy's playing really really well and I think having two up top Vardy is now in that position in his career where he needs someone else up there with him it's helping his game his all-round game Jamie Vardy is fantastic um, there was an old saying in the late 90s Alan Shearer said the best crosser of a ball is a centre forward because they know exactly what they need and Jamie Vardy when he pulls out wide, when he gets in the channels, he can put that ball on a plate for a fellow centre forward because he knows what he would like. And in his Leicester career, he's very rarely had another centre forward with him on the field of play. So I think it, it benefits both of them. It gives an extra person to pass the ball through the middle by Yuri Tillemans, one of the best passes of the ball in central midfield in the Premier League. So I'm going to go for a very entertaining game. I'm going to go for 1-1. I wouldn't be surprised if City win, but which City that will be, well, we'll just have to wait and see, but I'll go for a draw. Oh, I like that. I like that at the end. Um, right, very quick fires. So I just want to score uh, for each of these games. Newcastle versus Spurs. Avi? 2-1, Spurs. Pete? 0-3. Okay. Conan? 1-0, Spurs. 
I have two nil Spurs. Uh, Man United, Brighton. Abby? One nil Brighton. You wish. <laughs> Pete? Um, I'm going to go for 2 1 Brighton. Okay, Conan? I got 1 0 United. But it's like, yeah, wouldn't be surprised, Brighton. I've got 3 1 Man United. They'll probably get at least two penalties in it. And Everton, <laughs> Everton Palace. Abby? 2-1 Everton. I also have 2-1 Everton. Pete? I'm, I was that close to going for 0-0. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go 1-0 Everton, but 0-0. No, 0-0. I'm going to go 0-0. 0-0. Game of the weekend. Conan? 2-0 uh, Everton. 2-0 Everton. Cool. Right. Final game. Uh, Arsenal versus Liverpool, which is normally, to be fair, a really entertaining game. Uh, both, I would say both sides need the win uh, for differing reasons. So, Conan, how are you seeing this game? Um, yeah, again, it's probably one of those questions where which Liverpool team is going to show up? But um, <laughs> it's, a, it's it's an interesting one now, isn't it? Like, uh, Roberto Firmino's back, right? But yep. Diogo Jota is also just banging in goals like he seems to do every single game that he plays in. So, um, I... I <sighs> To be honest, I know I'm removed from it and looking at it from the outside. I've never been too worried about Liverpool, even though they kept losing and they kept losing. But it just seems like one of those ones. Like, how often have you seen Real Madrid go badly in the league and still win the Champions League? I'm not saying Liverpool are definitely going to win the Champions League, but it doesn't mean that they're going to disappear. They're just in a league that's more competitive. So when they don't go as well, then they can slip down to, to six for seven without even realizing it. And obviously, it went on for a bit longer than normal, but. Arsenal are a joke. <laughs> um, I think this is a good game for Liverpool to uh, sharpen the knives again for the Premier League. And I think I think the break will have done them good. I think guys going away in international break, scoring goals, will have done them good. And I think just having that little bit of flexibility and a bit of depth again, you know, just with the ability of being able to have Firmino on the bench, Curtis Jones, I saw during the week, he's just such a, such a lovely player. Like, I, I think... I know Liverpool have the problems and we all know what they are, but I think that they've sort of gotten back into a groove. And I think we all agree maybe that Fabinho and midfield will uh, will benefit them. And I think they just got that blueprint now going forward. And Arsenal always come along. I find for Villa anyway, they always come along for teams at the right time when they need to bounce back and they'll, they're more than willing to just help them bounce back. Okay, okay. Actually, you're getting invited back on now. That's, you're back in the good books now. <laughs> after, the, uh, after that FA Cup debacle. Pete, how are you seeing this? It looks a great game, really. I, it could go either way, which is a very obvious thing to say. But I think it could go either way in terms of a three or, or even four, one, something along those lines. I think with Ars- the Arsenal, we've got an, a few problems. I think Sack is out, um, whether Smith Rowe is going to play or not. A big oh. fan of him. I think he's a really, really good, really good player, really good talent. But um, I, I just don't. Um, I think they need to really settle on their forward line. Um, there's there's a few big questions to answer for Arsenal with their forward line in in the summer for me. Uh, with the likes of if they keep Odegaard and you got um, Smith Rowe, what happens further forward? Whether they're going to go with Lacazette? Whether they what what's happened to Aubameyang? But then you look at Liverpool. Um, Yota's got to play. He, he's given more energy, hasn't he, into that forward line? Um, gives and obviously the issues are back. Yeah, it so gives I, us a it gives a directness that Liverpool probably. Lacked, I would say. Yeah, he, he, he looks uh, as much as 
the other players are still obviously world class, fantastic players. From from an outsider's point of view, when he came on, or when he, when he first uh, reappeared after his injury, he, he just looks like, like a, a, a brand new spark, a, a bit of fresh air. You know what I mean? Like it was almost like the other Liverpool forwards have been wearing the same shirt for the last four or five games. And this guy's come on with a brand new, newly laundered shirt and it's all nicely nice and it's just fresh and a bit of energy. And, and I think this from a completely neutral's point of view uh, is a really good game uh, to finish the week or to finish the day. So I'm going to go for overall after all this, I'm going to go for plenty of goals. I'm going to go for three, two Liverpool. I think they will just have the edge um, and I can see it being very similar, in fact, to, to Arsenal's previous game against West Ham. I can see um, one of these sides, either side, taking the, uh, an early lead and going one or two up. So I can see Arsenal going two up and then Liverpool coming back to win. But then the other way around, I can see Liverpool scoring three goals and then Arsenal coming back in and, and, and grabbing a couple. So from, from a neutral's point of view, plenty of goals, 3-2, could go other way, but I'll be polite. Okay. I say that. Uh, Dan Jace says, I hope our lineup is Alison Trent, Phillips, Kabak, Robertson, Fabinho, Thiago, Keita, Salah, Firmino, and Jota. Give Manny and Genia uh, a chance to refresh before the Real Madrid game, but you'll still be a strong team. Uh, so, all this positivity, Avi, I'm, I'm assuming you're going to continue this. Before you give me a score, what what team do you think he'll pick? Do you think he'll make change or think he'll go with his strongest 11? Because I think I, I think the two yeah. big hitters that don't start for us. I think you'll go with the strongest 11 and I include Jota in that. I think when we start resting players for a big game, it just never works out for us. So he's got to go strong uh, tomorrow and then go strong against um, Madrid on Tuesday. And I think Jota will play in both games. If he's fit, he'll play. Um, Like Pete said, he's brought that freshness back, you know, a little bit of ingenuity between the front three again. And, you know, against Wolves, we should have packed him away. You know, we got 1-0, but it should have been like 2-3 really. Um, We had some great chances that will... Um, uh, I said it yesterday as well. One um, with Grizz, I, I, I fancy us winning three 0 tomorrow. I really do. Um, mm. I think Arsenal now are starting starting to slowly, slowly look at the Europa League now as their best chance to get into uh, Champions League football. They don't have nothing to really play for in the league. Um, bit of pride, but I can see us doing us a job, uh, doing a job on them. Cool. So I like to say yeah. it wouldn't surprise me, uh, and it's controversial if Joss is on the bench. I just think the likes of Firmino's had two weeks training, and I just think the fresh Jota's had to play three games in a week, and coming back with an injury, he might he'll want to he'll want to not risk anybody. Uh, I don't think for that Madrid game because, as much as I like to be optimistic, we could we could still potentially get top four, and there's an outside chance of it. Uh, you've got to throw a lot of your eggs in that Real Madrid basket. And Genie again, I know the man's a machine, but maybe this is the sort of game where you do try a cater out to give Genie just some rest because he'll do a lot of running against Madrid. Uh, I have a 2-0 Liverpool. I've got Salah and Mane uh, both scoring. Which, to be honest, if we do that, that'll be our first win at the Emirates in over four years. Our last win at the Emirates was when um, Mane made his debut in the mad 4-3 game. You know, the way Pete described it, it could be another one of those mad games. I think Liverpool went 4-1 up and then Arsenal flew back and we all got a bit Twitchy and edgy, which, you know, with Dejan Lovren at the back and Mignolet in goal, you know, most people do get twitchy and edgy, to be fair. So, cool. So, we're all going for Liverpool wins. In the comments, I've seen lots of 3-0s, 3-1s, couple fans in Arsenal as well. So, which is understandable, because let's face it, record there is not great. Right, so before we go, uh, Pete, where can everyone find you? Uh, you can find me on, for Fox 8 Podcast, at FFS Pod. 
um, and uh, we'll hopefully be discussing Leicester cementing a top four place and our podcast comes out on Monday. Uh, we tend to let things just breathe slightly. So Monday and Tuesdays to have a bit more of a uh, kind of overround look at what happened over the weekend. But uh, fingers crossed, a win for City, being the correct City, this one, not uh, not those Blues of Manchester. Good, good. And uh, Conan, uh, you've obviously Friday forecast, Davey, you've uh, shook it up, you've uh, rattled a few people in the comments, you've done well, really. <laughs> so uh, I'm sure we'll be having you on again. Just, just, just for the fun and games, really. So, But no, joking aside, really... Really good to have you on, mate. Uh, where can people find you as well and find your content? You can find me stuck back in 2015, re-watching the Liverpool v. Aston Villa semi-final over and over. <laughs> um, no, thanks for having me on. I, I'm on the, the Villa podcast. I'm not expecting anybody to um, want to listen to an hour of me whinging after Aston Villa inevitably don't win their matches. But I'll put out the best bits on Twitter. So we're on, on the Villa podcast on Twitter. So um, we'll cut down little videos there. And we, we do have a little cut off other managers and stuff like that so uh, that's always fun so we'll put out the best bits keep an eye out and uh, hopefully I'll not be uh, bringing up Dejan Lovren next time I'm on yeah please don't please don't still gives us flashbacks uh, Avi you're just on everything at the moment aren't you? yeah I've got my own little wrestling uh, sort of segment in uh, Discord now so I've got everyone talking about wrestling and UFC and whatnot so and Pete and Conan if you guys want to join the Discord as well a really good crack it's not all Liverpool there's general music stuff Chris is on the on the odd occasion when he knows how to use it with his hands and whatnot, but it's a great crack. Big fat fingers, yeah, you know, give me a few minutes, you know. I'm also a moderator, so I think you've been thrown off a couple of times. <laughs> Charlie. <laughs> Can't think why, yeah. So, so anyway, listen, guys, thanks very much for joining us. Uh, this has been the Friday Forecast. Uh, now, listen, we are back next Friday. It's definitely me. It's definitely Avi. And potentially we're going to have a special guest, which hopefully should be confirmed next uh, next couple of days. So keep an eye out for that. And no doubt we will have Pete and Conan on soon. Until then, we'll see you guys next Friday. Time to fire up the grill. Time to go to Total Wine and find the perfect flavor to pair with those burgers. Ooh, I love their beer cooler. <laughs> you love their prices even more. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Hey, which glasses look better on me? Oh, what's this? Zenny's 3D Virtual Try-On. Pretty cool, right? Hmm. Uh, I don't know about the purple cat eyes. I think they're fun. What about these tortoiseshell glasses? Or these rimless sunglasses? Oh, what about these clear frames? Wait, are those prices real? Do they have glasses for men? Yep. They also have affordable blue light glasses. Seriously? At those prices? Get them all. I like where this is going. Zenny.com. Quality prescription glasses starting at $6.95. Sports Social Podcast Network.